0: It's the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast from Grassroots Motorsports Magazine featuring your host, me. Hey everybody, J.G. Pastor Jack here. Uh, another Grassroots Motorsports Podcast. doing A little, little strip down again this time. Just trying to bang these things out as quick as I can. Um, because I don't want anything to stand in the way of today's show. Today's show is... Absolutely one of my favorites that I've ever done because this stuff fascinates me. Um, if you guys read my column this month in Grassroots Motorsports Magazine, I uh, alluded to the fact that there was more um, of that available on uh, on this podcast, and, and this is the podcast that that column came from. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk to a gentleman named David Plasic, who is one of the um, head honchos at a agency called lexicon branding now lexicon is responsible for their their primary function actually is uh, They operate like an ad agency, but they name things and brand things and define what things are in the marketplace and it's so amazing to think that um, You know to think how much importance we put On the name of something Um, and it's a it's a it's a subject that that absolutely fascinates me and I'm I'm glad David took the time to to talk with us a little bit now if you're wondering you know just just how big of a deal these guys are let me uh, navigate to their page here and give you a little bit of an idea okay so let's look at some of their automotive names. Well, how about Scion? And of course, we know that Scion is now no longer around, but while it was around, uh, Lexicon was the the uh, agency that came up with the Scion name, the the, the Scion brand. Um, the Honda uh, Ridgeline is theirs. The Subaru Outback. The Subaru WRX is theirs. The Saturn View, the Subaru Forester, uh, the Toyota Venza, you know, all of these great Sort of nearly iconic names now. Some of them certainly, WRX could be considered a nearly iconic name. Ridgeline, you know, what a fantastic name! You you know immediately uh, what that is, whether the brand is mentioned or not. Um, so you know, these are these are some some fantastic achievements that uh, these guys have come up with. I'm looking at some of their other stuff. Uh, the Microsoft Zune, that's theirs. Sonos. Wi-Fi uh, or the the, the Hi-Fi um, wireless Hi-Fi system, Sonos is theirs. Uh, Swiffer is one of actually uh, one of their their product accomplishments. You know, which is what a, what a great name that is for Breeze. Um, it, it, it just it, and if you sit down and try and do this yourself, you realize what a difficult thing it is. And and when you when you talk to a guy named David, you realize how much. Um, not just wordplay there is, but how much psychological play is in in involved in doing something like this. So uh, I'm going to stop fawning here, and we are just going to turn things over to uh, myself and David, that um, we talked a couple weeks ago, and uh, enjoy. This is this is a very cool one, and if you guys are into into stuff like this, is sort of neuro linguistic. Um, you know uh, psychological manipulation that we all go through on a daily basis this will be a very fascinating one for you so uh here is david plastic lexicon branding enjoy i'll be back soon everything but to, to set things up you know i'll let uh, uh our listeners and our readers know while we're talking to david and is it a play or play
1: uh classic clearly would be yeah yeah, but it it just doesn't really matter it's okay (laughs) okay
0: with with lexicon branding and the the specialty of your agency is naming things which is uh, something that absolutely fascinates me you know not just as a journalist but as as somebody that works with words for a living and uh that you know appreciates words i see some of the stuff you guys named and it, just from from our world, I see stuff like the Subaru Outback, the the Honda Ridgeline, uh, Scion, um, the Subaru WRX. You know, something that you know, these are cars we've we've owned and, and have these sort of iconic names. But I also see uh, stuff like uh, Dasani Water, uh, General Motors OnStar, Febreze, Swiffer, and all these great sort of names that seem to have. You know a a language component to them, but also this kind of great lyrical quality to them that that just sort of sort of trans It it, it really lets you know that okay naming something is more important than just defining What it is and what it does But it it really makes you feel something too. So I I guess where I want to start is You know, what is the psychology that you look at like how do we as humans sort of associate things with what we call them i mean is there is there a component to the way we think of things that is changed or affected by what we actually call those things
1: well there is you ask a, you ask a not only a, a an interesting question but a question that uh, many people spend a lot of time tra- trying to ponder, I- I- if you will. But l- l- let me give you what, let me I'll talk a little bit, I-, I guess, about what we have discovered um, through through our own research. And as an independent company, uh, Lexicon is able to really, uh, we have the freedom to pour back um, earnings into uh, an R&D program that we have. So we've over the years, we've turned to, uh, l- linguistics, um, uh, cognitive linguistics, and cognitive science to to understand really how the brain processes information, and and how we we what generates these emotional behaviors or or, or associations that we have when we see something, whether it's a Ford Mustang or a um, a Subaru Outback, or even a uh, even a Swiffer, and I, I can you know we can we can comment on some of those stories. But here, here's really what happens when, we, and, and as a writer, I, I think you you will appreciate this. When you put a sentence in front of someone or a single word, the brain autom- automatically begins to trigger associations, and those associations are different for for every person. But there are some commonalities that we believe happen to to people that that generate, some words will will generate more positive imagery than others. Some words are easier to process. And so what we found is that um, the role of a name is first and foremost, Uh, we've got to be a a combination of two things. We have to be distinctive in that marketplace. So if you're naming a car, we want to look at, Let's just say we, we're look, naming a SUV. We want to look at who they're competing with. What are the reference points in that marketplace? First step is okay. We we don't want to imitate anything like that. We don't want to look or sound like that. Next thing is we want to be. And I use the word salient. Okay. So you know, if you look that up in the dictionary, it, there's a dictionary, there's a, a lot of sentences around. You know, highly noticeable, striking. You know, someone makes a salient comment, right? We've got to get beyond just being distinctive. we got people you want people to take notice of you, and once they do, they begin to make conclusions about how that brand will behave in the marketplace and if it somehow matches either how they behave or how they want to behave then um there there's a click there if if you will so we there is a magic to this um there, even for to be sure, um, um, branding is an art, but there really is, just like architecture or even medicine or engineering, there's uh, there's physical laws to it, and and so one of the things in our investments in our R&D that we've applied is this notion of of linguistics of of. Sound and structure—the things that travel way beyond and across the globe, way beyond semantics or just the meaning of a word. So let me let me stop there and see if that's making sense to you, and if you want to. Feel well, like it, it is. Ask me some it, questions. Yeah,
0: it, it, I guess by the thing you just alluded to now is that these things travel across the globe, so so do do then do these sort of inherent triggers in in the sounds and the shape of words do they transcend uh, our language um, I mean is is Dasani just as cool in in Russian or Finnish as it is in, in you in, in, in English
1: well it, uh, it should be you know in, in in theory so here's here's what happens um, uh, when you look at um pronunciation you you have to sort of take a deep dive into how humans acquire language and there are certain patterns that uh when we're children and we're learning language whether we're learning French or Spanish or Russian we tend to speak in a a common pattern where we rotate vowels and consonants or consonants and vowels. So let's take the signing. You see there starts with a consonant, goes to a vowel, back to a consonant, right? So a child learning to speak could actually, once they heard that one time, because they're not quite used to all the sounds of the letters, they would quite easily be able to, you know, over maybe a, a, a trial and there, be able to, to, to say that. So when clients come to us to create a, what we call a world brand, we certainly spend a lot of time analyzing the structure uh, of the word. Um, now, uh, you'll notice that Dasani has the word S-A-N, or it's a word unit, S-A-N, in the middle. And that comes from the Latin where we get our sanitation, our health from, right? And so um, that's a familiar word part that you may not know the exact meaning of it, but you've seen it. It's familiar. So, so it's setting off triggers whether you that, are perceptible of it or exact, not. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. We did the same thing when we created pentium. Um, you don't know what a pentium is, but you've heard that, that sound, titanium, uranium, sodium. And now the copy is about you know the power inside your computer, uh so more fundamental more elemental so all of a sudden you know that's familiar yet it's different and so in all of our work we try to 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 be and this really comes right out of cognitive you know science you want to be somewhat familiar so that the bra- it's easy for the brain to process uh but you have to be distinctive and it, that's not easy to do by the way it takes a uh, it takes a lot of time and a little bit of luck um now, uh, let me go back to your question about does something mean the same. There's another area of linguistics called sound sy- symbolism. Lots uh, has been written on it, um, a number of books anybody can buy. Um, we've, done, um, we've taken what the, is in the marketplace, and, and we spent about $2 million um, doing our own studies. And so we, we know that individual letters evoke certain qualities. So um, V, as in Corvette, um, or as in Viagra, it is one of the most alive and energetic sounds in the English language. So if you have a fast car, and really an aerodynamic car like Corvette, that V in there is that V is a great supportive sound. Uh, so with Dasani... Um, the the, the 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 creative strategy for Dasani, which is now, by the way, the number one bottled water in North America. Wow. Um, uh, is um, It's targeted more towards the women, at least initially, um, because women are the largest consumers of, of water in the world, and, and specifically bottled water. Um, it was about health. Treat, treating yourself well was the, the early campaign. Well, if you're going to treat yourself well, you want something reliable, you, so that D in there is a nice sound, da, All right. You have that Q of there of health in the middle, but you have that nice thinness in the end, dasani, right? Uh, so, so, you, you know, you're, you're drinking water to be healthy, probably maybe to lose weight or to maintain your weight. You're not drinking a, you know, sugared beverage. So all those things come together to be supportive of it. And those are the kinds of things where we're applying that sort of those physical laws to what is essentially a creative endeavor, uh, naming something.
0: So it, it, it sounds to me it's as much or it maybe even almost has more in common with writing music than it does with with writing language because you're sort of working with these almost not language concepts, but these sort of sort of proto language concepts that that um, you know sounds and and uh, and sort of triggers that, that transcend actual language and, and communication and just go go right to how we react to these basic, you know, building blocks of the sounds. Uh,
1: I could not agree with you more. In, in fact, sometimes our creative sessions here I would describe as like improv jazz sessions where wow. you're, you're, you don't, you you just start out and you, you, you don't know where the, you don't have a plan, you don't know where the music's going. But of course you have talented people and you have these physical laws sort of that People understand, and and you you get somewhere, but you, you had no idea you were. We had no idea we were going to end up with Dasani or Pentium, um, or, or, or for that matter, Outback when, when we when we started.
0: Um, well, and, and I, Outback is is interesting. So we've like with Dasani and Pentium, we here we have these sort of sort of made up engineered words. But then, you know, I'm looking at your list, and we have stuff like uh, uh, Colgate Wisp. And uh, Kotex, yeah. Sleek, and here we're here we're taking existing words and and putting them in a, in a new context. Uh, you know, what's is it the same creative process that leads you to to repurpose an existing word? I mean, do do, do do you feel less satisfied when you don't get to make up a new word, or or does sometimes the client say, "Look, we do, we don't want you guys to make something out of thin air. We want to want to basically." you know give the people something they're accustomed to is there a different creative process involved there
1: it's a slightly different phase of of our creative process uh, and 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 i think this is important to for you and to share with your 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 listeners um, we we always look at uh, are there relevant words out there that are maybe used in a different category but when they're ported over to a new category they they carry with it that familiarity, but now because it's in a new category, it's distinctive. With Wisp, this is this you know very very small portable um, d- disposable toothbrush with toothpaste already installed in the top little brush. So you know you can get off an airplane, you can you know brush your teeth. You you don't even have to spit it out the the way the formula is made. So it's, we wanted. One creative strategy was can we communicate you know, lightness and portability without saying, you know, port a toothbrush, right, which w- w- would be very mundane. Uh, and although we looked at a lot of coin solutions for that, um, WIS, it was decided that WISP was such an easy thing, a very tangible thing, a very approachable thing to, to, to look at that. So every project we work on, almost without exception, uh, we are looking first: Are there real words out there, or word parts that we can sort of port over to this? BlackBerry would be another example of that. In the world of fruit, blackberry you know, it doesn't get much attention, right? I mean, but but when you when when you port it over to at that time a small messaging device, um, all of a sudden the in in research we found that people's when we talked about email and, and paging and telephone calls, people's blood pressure would go up. All of a sudden now, you pass them a small little, you know, well-designed black, small rectangle box, and you tell them it's a BlackBerry, and their blood pressure goes down.
0: Well, And, and that was sort of an interesting time, because you, so here you have, well, of course, BlackBerry preceded some of the other examples that that brings to mind, but here you have this device that, you know if you would if you hand somebody or if you if you ask somebody what is a blackberry B- besides the fruit they're never going to come up with a phone you know if you ask somebody okay what is monster.com without them knowing what it is um, they're never going to think of it as a job site you know so we had this whole sort of sort of trend to have have names of of things that were were very Theoretically, anyway, very far afield from even e- evoking the 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 emotional um, outlook. I, I think they're looking for is that wh- what was what was the direction ahead? And it all seems to make sense now for some reason. And I guess I'm just okay. not well in. You know, I'm not. I don't know enough about what's going on there to know why that now makes sense to me. Or looking back, yeah. You know, have I have I put all those pieces together and now? You know, it all seems to fall together. Well, let me together. let me
1: explain it to you. Let let me explain it to you because I I, th- I think I can shed some light on on it. Uh, there, there's a concept that that, that is cognitive scientists talk about, um, and in in researches a market about uh, about mental availability. And I'm going to stick first with monster. Because uh, it, it might be even a, a, a more provocative example than Blackberry, but I'll, 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 I'll address the Blackberry one. Y- you're absolutely right. Uh, when you say, you know, when you ask people what kind of a company a monster is, you could have all kinds of answers, right? Um, uh, but when you put it into the context of a beverage, right, or um, uh, you put it in the context of, let's just say, it's an employment. Company, right? Uh, you you carry with it now. You you carry with it um, this notion of wow, it's got to be big and strong. You lose the scariness, and it happens in less than a second. With BlackBerry, you carry over freshness, ease, sort of you know maybe summertime, right? And and, and you lose the notion of naturalness and, 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 you know, how can that possibly work? You, you lose all that skepticism and you get this kind of fun, enjoyable device, which is, you know, so, so you, you have to use judgments and you, we also use research to understand once we move from one context to another, what stays and what goes away. In both those cases, I think, you know, uh, our, our speculation uh, was correct. Particularly in Blackberry, uh, which is a name that we created. Monster is just a um, an example I'm using. So, if that makes sense to you, I mean, I, I can. Yeah,
0: yeah, it it makes it makes sense to me in in a in a way that I I know that I'll also never be smart enough to actually fully take advantage of. So I'm glad there's guys <laughs> guys like you out there to do it for us. So okay, okay, we talked a little bit about the the sort of building blocks we're using here. There's also Obviously, a strong emotional component that we we touched on a little bit, like with the V sounds, and and I, I'm I'm looking over some of your 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 work here, and actually, uh, Lexicon Branding is your website, and it's fascinating to look at these pages of of products that you guys have have named because if you look at them as a whole, it's really easy to spot you know, these common threads at all. If you look at the automotive page, you see stuff like Scion, Outback, Venza, uh, you know, Honda Ridgeline, Nissan Rogue, Subaru Forester, Alero, and you you have these very common sort of emotional threads running through them and, and sort of intellectual threads of technology and action and precision and, uh, you know, ruggedness and toughness. And then... You, and and you you also look at you know the actual the actual logos they're without with almost no exceptions logos are all black they're all very you know similar size they're they're all very precise very very sort of uh, mechanical industrial then you switch over to like consumer products and everything is so much. Friendlier and open, and you know you have words like you know soft and dry and and many more just straight up uh, poise and caress and all these these very beautiful calming adjectives. So when you're looking in a certain genre of product, I mean, it, it, it seems like there are definite uh, trends in in when I'm in a certain certain department in a grocery store or a, or a uh, you know, a, a department store, everything is kind of talking to me in the same way, it seems. Is that is that true? I, I think what you're
1: observing there is that the, as you move from one category to another, you pick up some principles or rules. So with cars, there is a degree of safety that is always there, a, a degree of Efficiency, right? Well, you, you, cars, uh, whether they're they cost ten thousand or a hundred thousand, they've got to get you from point A to B safely. Uh, and and then there's all these other things that go on. Is it a luxury car? Is it a fast car? Is it a sporty car? Uh, when you get into other categories, let's take cereal, for example. Um, other other principles come into play that you want to. It's almost like saying you know what's the price of entry into this category but once you kind of think that through and I and I think most people can kind of walk down the cereal category and begin to figure out well what what how does this work what what do consumers expect here right um, what what might be some some rules right how likely would it be for a consumer to buy a cereal called Blue Sky, right, when I'm looking at all these things and they're kind of descriptive, or they're forms, there's Cheerios and there's checks, and, and so how, how, do I, how do I learn from that and create something new but stay within that? And then the next question is, well, what kind of behavior do we want to help sort of signal or encourage so now let's go back to the Nissan Rogue, right? Let's go back to Subaru Outback, both names we've created. Well, um, the Outback is rugged, but it's very different. It's very distinctive from the American West. So right away, we've moved away from Cherokee. We're not a Cherokee. We're not a Pathfinder. We're not an Explorer. We're a place. Uh, and then they executed, it of course, in the beginning qu- quite well with their early commercials that linked it right to Australia and, and the Outback. I mean, I mean, I think those things were just brilliant uh, commercials. But the name itself is flexible. I mean, I love the, the Subaru campaign now, the, the Love, I, I call it the Love campaign. But there's a type of behavior that it, it, it that word is attached to and and I think it's very appealing for people. Whether, whether you'll ever go to the Outback, I, I think people find it somewhat aspirational and interesting. Um, most people aren't rogues but I think we like the idea of, of being a little roguish having some more personality and so that's what we're looking for when I talked earlier about being distinctive and being noticeable that really is that first step towards to, to, to really begin to set up some behavior and, and here's where I think other people who are naming things or who are writing stories they forget that behavior is usually bidirectional. In other words, I behave towards the car a little differently if I'm driving a rogue. Okay, I, I'm feeling maybe a little even different about myself if I'm driving a rogue. Um, and the the vehicle itself behaves differently towards me. It it it, it looks different, right? And 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 I it acts a little different than let's say a Porsche or or a you know, a a Ford town car. Um, And and that's often a a principle that is is forgotten. I mean, I'll give you an example. If if you go to the store and you buy, for your coffee table at home, you buy a $200 crystal ashtray from Tiffany, and on another coffee table in your home, you go to Walmart and you get maybe a $5 little sort of tin-pressed ashtray. People will behave differently <laughs> towards those ashtrays, and those ashtrays actually behave in your room differently. They they evoke different a, a different sort of quality, a different level of respect, etc Same thing happens in any brandy thing, whether it's a bottle of water, or, or, or whether it's a it's a car.
0: So Let me stop uh, there, I know I said a yeah, lot. Yeah, there. yeah, no, and interesting that you 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 mentioned Porsche in there because the the, the first thing that I think of when I when I think of Porsches is that, uh, until very recently, you know, in automotive terms anyway, uh, Porsches were all defined by numbers. And there's been several companies that have that have done a, a good job with that. And then there have been companies that have, have done, I think, a terrible job with that. I mean, uh, BMW recently sort of revamped their entire system, and it went from being this thing that everybody kind of, Understood and 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 liked and and could could sort of get their heads around. to nobody really knows what BMWs are. And part of that is, you know, people are afraid of new things. And, and I understand that it's time to, you know, occasionally it's time you have to make changes. But what uh, what have you guys ever had to, to take an approach to, to naming something using numbers? Is it the same sort of? T- Type of approach, or what, 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 what do you have to do different there?
1: Well, we have. Um, you see this a lot in in technology, uh, and of course in automotive. Um, and n- now we get into the notion of uh, which is present in naming too, um, but memorability um, and what numbers or letters are easy to to uh, to, to remember. Well, we know from our own research um, that, and other research around memorability, that that three-digit numbers are easier than five and f- easier than seven. I mean, all this you know it's pretty common sense. So that's, B- I mean, BMW and I drive a BMW 550, and I love it. By the way, um, B- BMW did a great job. There's, you know, there's the uh, you know the three what is it three twenty five, you know the, the the 530, the 550, the 750. Um, but here's the challenge is at a, and I think this is the challenge they're they're responding to, is at a certain point the the mind can only keep that organization to a, a certain level, and then uh, we we begin to get confused, right? And so I think what they're trying to do is say, well, we need s- sort of another column here, so t- to separate one column from another. When you have multiple products like BMW does, or HP and printers, Hewlett Packard and printers, uh, it's a it's a challenge. Every once in a while, you have to insert something else out there in the marketplace so that consumers one can reset their thinking about what you're offering, and that you're you're an innovator and there's something new and different f- from you, uh, and that you can create a system that is still, I use an overworked word today, but still sustainable, still manageable on the part of not only the consumer, but the retail the retailer, the salesperson, so that they understand and they're not
0: frustrated by it. It, it's.
1: It's quite. It's quite a challenging um, uh, project.
0: Yeah, and, and I can imagine that with with numbers as well. You also have this sort of sort of built in, uh, especially like I think of uh, Microsoft with uh, the Xbox. You know, there was the Xbox 360 and the Xbox yeah. One. And um you, you almost it, it's you, you have to you know is is the one better than the 360 or one number's higher, one number's lower, one's more memorable? You you, you you have to leave yourself an out for the next improvement in something, but uh, you know you also have to have to make things memorable too. And it seems like that's that that' would be a real challenge to overcome with numbers, especially.
1: It, it, it is. It is, and and you know, we just were involved. You you, you may recall that Windows, Microsoft is a client of ours, and Windows jumped from Windows eight to Windows ten. Well, we we helped them, you know, steer the course on that one. They're, they're, first off, there there's one opinion. Well, wait a minute. Won't everybody be asking about well, what happened to Windows nine? Um, well, we said, um, consumers probably won't. Um, if the messaging is right, is that this is the next generation, you know, Windows 8 is moving to Windows 10. We also know that the number 10 is more positive and more powerful. It's like, you know, 10 is the best, right, uh, on a rating scale. And so, you know, to, to, to they wanted to make sure that, that whatever happened there supported the idea that this just isn't sort of a, a movement upwards. It actually is a leap, right? That's a, of course, subject to, you know, opinion in the end by the people who critique um, these operating systems. But but that's what we we settled on 10, um, be, because it was more of a leap than a 9. And although you, you could probably go back in the press and see some comments about, you know, what happened to 9, really it didn't happen at the consumer levels. Consumers are very acceptive things. We're all busy. And if you give a story and you explain something, people just kind of pick up and run with it. So sometimes these things are over intellectualized.
0: Yeah, and uh, I would imagine you know it's so when you guys are nearing the end of a of a um, well of a, a process, obviously probably the the client is the, the the final decider of something. But do you find that that when you when you come down to the end and you're sort of splitting hairs, does does the the emotional choice usually win out, or the sort of best researched, most theoretically, you know, seemingly good choice? Like, what where do you normally fall yeah. in, in a in a judgment call like that?
1: Yeah, I have to say it really is, uh, and I think this is fortunate, a combination of those things. Um, If there's one thing I've really learned by by doing this over the past 30 years is that client commitment to to, uh, a name is really important. The the commitment to sort of we're going to take this word and we're going to build it into a brand is is really vital to success. And so when we get towards those final days and yet we have – we have legal uh research, and we have linguistic and cultural research studies done typically. We may well have consumer research. But as we get to those we, we're eliminating names as we go through the process. We we might start with you know twenty candidates that we think are pretty good that we've presented. Then trademark conflicts whittle that down and then um, linguistic evaluations kind of rate those names. Maybe we lose a few, and then maybe we lose a few more in research that don't don't quite have the energy that we wanted with consumers. Now we really have to have that conversation. Let's talk about how we're going to execute this. Where, where do these words take you? What what kind of um, imagery comes up for you and how do you, which one's easier to execute, right? If you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of money, maybe we should take the one that, you know, says sailboat so you, you kind of know what your graphic's going to be, right? So that that's really where art and intuition and judgment come into play. We really steer clients away from doing the type of research that gives you a number at the end and say, well, this is the winner, so let's do it, um, this you know i've talked before this is uh, this is partly about physical laws it's partly about really diligent and disciplined research but in the end you really want to to, to use your you know to, to make the decision based on intuition creativity and commitment
0: yeah so is, is there a certain category of of product that uh is maybe is more fun or, or more exciting to work on and i i, I, I secretly hope that the answer is medical and health because I, I just, I love medicine names because they're just so, it seems like you guys get to start with an absolute blank slate. And you just come up with a cool sounding sort of half pun and <laughs> send it out to the market. I just, like I, I I, it just seems like with, with medical stuff, you just get to make up a name from a whole cloth, but for whatever reason they, you know, you, you get a, a, a great idea of what they do. Um, why? I guess that's a two-part question. I mean, is there one category that's more fun to work in than the others? And and with medicine, like, do you is, is is that a different sort of set of rules? Because you really have, you know, no no rules to work with almost. It seems.
1: And when you say medicine, you're you're really talking about uh, naming pharmaceutical compounds, I'm thing. Yeah, is, you is know, Zyprexa
0: yeah. and and Hexalate yeah. and all that. It's great yeah. stuff, you know.
1: It, well, that is it's a, a, interesting that you, you bring that up as a, a category you find interesting. That's a difficult category for us uh, for a couple reasons. One, tremendous trademark clutter, right? I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of drugs and compounds and liquids. Um, secondly, it is a longer and more complicated clearance and selection process because not only we have to learn, you know, we have to, um, clients have to like it, uh a, a trademark law has to c- uh, clear then there's this this sort sort of body of medical errors um evaluations that has to take place you, you know if a doctor kind of yells out to nurse give the patient 5 cc's of cyprexa, if it sounds like something else and she gives them you know 5 cc's of of another drug it may do considerable
0: harm oh wow so, yeah, I never so, thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. So
1: there is a series of, uh, it's really called medical error or confusability, uh, research that for, for some even includes handwriting. You know, what does this look like when someone writes Cyprexed? Does it then look like Zyrtec? Does it look like something else? So, uh, it's a, a longer, more complicated, more laborious, uh, process. So, um, that, that here at Lexicon would, would not be, uh, if, if really your intention was what, what's the most popular types of assignment. I, I, I think here probably, uh, you know, a couple things come to mind. Uh, and I'm not just saying this because of your business, but I, I think everyone here with transportation, it's, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're kind of a car society in America, so naming an automobile gets a lot of attention here um we where our offices is located we we're, we're just north of the silicon valley um probably 50% of our business is in technology um we have just a you know a, a real affinity for for the silicon valley and the people in it a- and uh you, you know we've contributed to to the success there with you know the pentium and atom uh, processors and titanium and and the blackberries of the world the work we've done for years at hewlett-packard um so i i think we you know those are two of the popular things there there are some people here subset of people at lexicon that love to work on food uh, i think everyone here loves to work on alcoholic beverages oh, wow. uh, um so um you know, I mean, most projects are, 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 one of the criteria here for for working here really is we, we really look for people who are very, very curious and want to learn. And so almost anything that comes across um, are, are, are we see as an opportunity. I mean, we're just working for a major shoe company. It's the first time we've named a, a shoe, a, a type of athletic shoe, and, um, you know, we're people here are very engaged in, in that. And we look forward to a long relationship with them. We hope so. Uh, w- once again, may- maybe I'm giving you too much information. JJ.
0: Oh no, this is fantastic. So, well, what are what are some of your your all-time favorite names? Either stuff that you've done or stuff that you you wish you would have done. What do you think has sort of joined the the all-time iconography of great names?
1: Well, for what we've done, I um, I, I have to say, uh, uh, Outback, Pentium, and Swiffer are uh, probably names I'm I'm most proud of. I, I mean, they're really game-changing uh, names. I, I think another one that uh, may be my all-time favorite name is uh, Sonos, the wireless hi-fi system. I mean, oh, cool. That's an incre- incredible company. It's a that's a beautiful word, right? It's it's, uh, it's seamless, so just like the system is, right? Um, you see that sound in there, S O N, but it's really a sound operating system. I mean, it's a very pure name, so I think that's one of our one of our best. I, you know, I think in terms of. N- names out there that I look at and say, "Wow, what a wonderful name!" Uh, automotive. I-, I think Tesla is just a fantastic name. Not, not because it's you know linked to a guy with uh, who's linked to electricity and science, but, but it's such a smooth-sounding name and, and it looks, you know, I mean, it's just beautiful. Um, I- I've always admired uh, DreamWorks as an entertainment company. Um, I mean, that's what entertainment really is about: uh, is creating works. Uh, a, a dream work, if if you will. So so those those are just a few that that um, come to mind.
0: I, I would imagine it's got to be a little odd. Like if you bring a new dog into your house, what the conversation must be like about you know making sure the dog has. A, a great name, but are, are you even allowed to be involved in that kind of stuff around the house? Or do you, do you try and separate yourself? I, I don't know if you have kids or anything, but were you know, did you did you have to go and and focus group you know their names or anything? <laughs> no,
1: no, I, I I have two daughters. They're b- both basically named uh, you know from family members, um, and uh, we do have a dog who I did name it. Uh, um, he's a cockapoo named boomer and he, he, uh, that's pretty solid. Kind of is a,
0: that is pretty
1: solid. Yeah, pre, 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 yeah. Pretty solid dog. He was pretty, pretty much black. He was, he has a, and still does. He, although he's, he's 13 years old now, but, um, he, he kind of moves in a straight line and, and, and the, <laughs> and I, I said, he looked a little like a, you know, a submarine and a boomer is a type of, uh, you know, a class of submarines. So I said, let's call him boomer and you know it it just fits them uh, uh, really well so
0: <laughs> that's great. well th- david this has been it's incredibly insightful the, this this whole uh you know both the the behavioral science end and the 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 lyrical poetry of end of, of the words just fascinates me to, to to no end so i appreciate you taking some time and uh talking with us here and um Continued good work. Uh, you know, we we I, I'm looking down your list here and just seeing how many of of the products that you guys have named, uh, I've I've owned or I've used or you know are a part of my everyday life, and it's it's pretty amazing the guys uh, the you know, the work you guys have done at Lexicon there. So. So uh, good work, and, and thank you very much for taking taking a few minutes today.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. You, I have to say, you asked very good questions, and that really makes it interesting for me. And and uh, you know, we'll we'll keep you on our list. We're we're probably going to do some, you know, about to embark on some new um, car engagements uh, in that you know the uh, obviously the growing electric vehicle uh, category. So. Uh, you know, I'll keep you posted and, and you know, if we can um, this has been such an enjoyable interview, if we can give you a little exclusive on something that's coming out, you know, once the client gives us permission, um you know, I'm I'm happy to kind of
0: set you up with something like that.
1: We'd be more than happy so, to.
0: So hang on for a second, I'm gonna All right, there you go. Uh I I I that stuff just I that I, I could eat that up all day and I could have kept the guy on the phone for for hours but uh, I'm sure he's got he's got way better things to do than to talk to me uh, from a let's see I was in a hotel room in San Antonio at the time. Um, so look uh, if, if you want to know more about what Lexicon does check them out at lexiconbranding.com l e x i c o n branding.com and it's just fascinating to to you know sort of page through their uh, their various clients and you know f- with with very few exceptions this is all stuff that you have heard of and it's, it's all stuff that when you look at it and you go wow I i know what that is without even maybe knowing what it is but just by the name um so obviously uh, these guys are, are very very good at what they do um all right if you re- dug that let me recommend another podcast that you guys will also like quite a bit uh David McRaney, who is a, a former journalist uh, turned full time podcaster, does a podcast called You Are Not So Smart. Deals with all sorts of uh, this, this stuff that affects our brains without us really knowing about it. It's a fascinating podcast. I listen to it uh, every new one that comes out. Uh, that is at youarenotso smart.com. Check that one out. Uh, If that is not already on your podcast list, if the grassroots motorsports podcast is not already on your list, well, darn it. You should put it on there uh, because we are here a couple times a month with fascinating stuff from our world. Thank you, as always, for listening. Check us out at grassrootsmotorsports.com where you can subscribe to our print magazines and uh, buy hats and shirts and participate in our amazing message board with other like-minded auto enthusiasts and um, do all kinds of cool stuff. There's always a great subscription deal going on there. So go check it out and uh, hit grassrootsmotorsports.com or classicmotorsports.com for our classic car magazine. And uh, there's always something cool going on there till next time everybody i am jg pastor jack uh thanks very much for listening we will see you next time on the grm podcast thanks